Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, Life as a, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. In considering the day and age we live in, the complexities as far as managing the day-to-day on both a personal and professional plane could be considered to be an increasingly strenuous task. Take our global interconnectedness as an example and what that means in relation to the exchange of information between one another. There are very few nations left that are completely homogenous as far as citizens go. Developing certain degrees of cultural awareness, understanding, and empathy are quickly, if not already, becoming must-have skill sets, both on the job and as a citizen on this planet. Our guest today knows a thing or two about all of this. The meshing of her personal and professional background brings together all of what I've been referencing. And if my discourse failed to sway you, I'm confident that hers will. Shyla Dostert is a marketing and communications specialist working both within and for the European city of Luxembourg. As an employee of the city of Luxembourg, capital of the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, she's mostly managing mobility projects ranging from major bus network changes within the capital to the launch of the capital's mobility plan. Being employed by the largest city within the country and serving the people who inhabit it requires a certain knowledge and skill in always knowing how to adapt to the nature and sensitivity of topics and projects, as well as finding appropriate ways to communicate with the target audience in order to keep people well-informed with facts, to raise awareness, incorporating inclusion and mutual respect, or to get citizens involved in participatory meetings in shaping their city. Now, 71% of Luxembourg City is made up of foreigners, which might seem to be a major challenge when communicating, but actually is what makes her work so interesting. Prior to all of this, Shyla began her career at a big four company in Luxembourg, notably in the clients and markets team, working on marketing and business development projects targeting the non-financial industries of the Luxembourg market. Later on, communication advisory was added to her tasks as well. Starting at a company like this allowed her to work in a multilingual and multicultural environment with people from all over the world. With a communication advisory having particularly sparked her interest in marketing communications, she joined a local 360 communication agency by the end of 2015. Working directly with clients, accompanying clients in the process of corporate identities from the early stages, and advising companies of all sizes in cross-channel marketing, especially raised her interest in understanding customer behavior and the principles of brand communication. Now, beyond the professional, Shyla's background also includes life experiences living abroad. She studied in the south of France and did a European voluntary service in Serbia. Working in a local media education center in Belgrade allowed her to gain major insights in intercultural communication. And she also participated in youth in action training courses funded by the European Commission, which were focusing on intercultural communication, human rights, and youth unemployment. These experiences shaped her open-mindedness and original thinking, which probably has benefited all of her employers. Now, when she's not working on communication or awareness campaigns, she's working on her food blog, Passion Meets Creativity, 
which she started back in 2012, eating her way through local and international restaurants to discover the world, literally and culinarily. With all that say to Shyla, it's an absolute honor to welcome you to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to have this talk. I mean, there's so many interesting points about your career and your background. So uh, yeah, why don't we just uh, jump right into it? I do have the first segment lined up here, something called Coloring Wikipedia. And it's a segment where I just basically read off a definition. As my listeners know, I do it for a few reasons. One, kind of brings everybody up to speed on what the guest does. And then two, I think it's a nice launching pad for discussion. Uh, Sometimes there's things in the definition that fit, sometimes they don't. And then finally, too, I think, you know, we as professionals, we always put our own stamp on things. You know, how we do our job might be completely different than how somebody with the same title does their job elsewhere. So for all of these reasons, I think it's a, it's a great place to start. So I do have you down here, of course, for marketing communications. And I'm just going to read that off for you. And after I do so, maybe you could just kind of comment based on the context of all your experiences. Does that sound good? Okay. Yeah. All righty. So here we go. Marketing communications. Marketing communications refers to the use of different marketing channels and tools in combination. Marketing communication channels focus on how businesses communicate a message to its desired market or the market in general. Marketing communication tools include advertising, personal selling, direct marketing, sponsorship, communication, public relations, social media, customer journey, and promotion. There it is, a bit of a mouthful, but uh, what are your first thoughts on that, Shyla? When I compare the three different jobs that I had, the definition is definitely correct. But as for now, as I'm working for the city of Luxembourg, uh, I don't really have customers, or we as a city, we don't really have customers, but we are directly communicating uh, to our citizens. So uh, the definition is a bit more of a customer-based approach, whereas our approach uh, is a little bit different as we tend to inform or to when we raise awareness or also share the impressions of city life city life and events so it's a little bit different uh, from the current point of view but generally speaking it's absolutely correct Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's a whole different perspective, I suppose. I mean, the the jobs and some of the duties might be similar, there might be crossover, but you're right. I mean, you're not necessarily considering your target market as customers in the traditional sense, right? Your your job is a little bit different in that way. Okay. Would there be anything else additional that you could add to the definition to kind of make it a little more accurate? uh, Yes. I were to add something, it's also the whole branding aspect. I think sometimes we forget about it, but it's also a very important pillar to have your own voice, your own tone, and also to to make constant effort to to keep the brand uh, on track, let's say. Mm, and that must be quite the challenge. I know we, well, I've got a couple of questions lined up to address this. I mean, with Luxembourg, yeah. that stat kind of blew me away. 71% of the population being comprised of foreigners. Mm-hmm having your channels, you know, well-developed to, to handle and well-equipped to handle mm-hmm. that must be, yeah, must be interesting for you, um, to say yes. the least. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, this is probably a really difficult question in that vein, but what would be a, a typical day or week like for you? You know, what types of projects are you working on or? It's, it's quite difficult to say a typical week looks like this or like that, because every week is, so might be completely different. Um, 
most of most of the time I start my week checking in with my internal clients. So the different departments that I'm advising uh, in communication and for which I also uh, do the project management of communication project. So I check in, uh, see where we are standing with our different projects. Most of the time also when I'm talking to my uh, to my clients, they also arise new uh, requests and then we would fix uh, dates for briefing meetings and with the briefing meetings then also come uh, brainstormings with my teammates and also with the other teams of our department because we also have a whole digital uh, team in our departments to fuel also all our channels. Uh, we we have regular meetings, but we also have partners uh, outside of the city of Luxembourg, uh, other administrations or even associations which we are working with. We have suppliers. Um, so it's also a lot of uh, checking in, following up, getting everyone on board uh, of the project. So it's really dynamic, let's say, and every week, week looks different because um, also every project looks different. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like it'd be something that would be keeping you on your toes, whether you wanted it to be or not. I mean, it would seem to <laughs> demand that of you yeah. on, on yeah. a near daily basis. But I guess that too probably keeps it quite fresh in, in that sense. And, yes, uh, that's you know, true. Yeah. Day it's the same. You never get bored. <laughs> no, you never no, do. It's... I mean, there are some recurrent projects, but most of the projects are new projects and uh, also they involve, evolve uh, from other projects. So there's a lot of diversity and that makes it really rich. Yeah. Could, could you just fill listeners in really quickly? Like what would be one typical project? Like I know off the top when I was introducing you, I, I talked about, you know, this mobility type you know, projects and things that you're working on. Could you lend a little bit more insights about what that means maybe? Sure. On the one hand, just to give us a quick explanation, in Luxembourg, the bus department, since the bus service for the city is not privatized, so it's uh, within the, the administration. So my largest projects uh, usually are with that department. Um, when we have large projects on adapting the bus network, also with the introduction of the tram, in the city, we did major changes in the network and then you have to inform the citizens, but we don't only have the citizens of the capital, but also of the Grand Duchy. And we have quite also a lot of uh, people uh, from the neighboring countries that come to work uh, to Luxembourg every day. So to keep everyone informed about the changes and also about yeah the most important information. Uh, Okay. Okay. No, that's really helpful. Yeah. I think that, you know, brings everybody up to speed and, and certainly illustrates some of the challenges that you are probably yeah. faced <laughs> with in doing this, this type of work. So, well, in that vein, why don't we skip on over into a new segment here, Shaila? It's something called a, a Q&A discovery. We can just kind of continue this back mm -hmm. and forth. And the first question I hear, I kind of want to dig into your backstory a little bit. You know, I alluded to some of that again in the bio when I was reading that off. But you have such a diverse background in some of your experiences related to work and then also study and just general life experiences. Maybe you could fill listeners in a little bit more on some of the highlights of all of that. Okay, yes, sure. I think it all started uh, in my teens when I decided that I would go abroad to do my studies. So the first stage was leaving Luxembourg for the south of France, where I stayed for four years and then during that time, with 
a friend uh, who was already very active in international youth project. She introduced me to the Youth in Action program of the European Commission. And then I also applied for some training courses on intercultural communication, human rights, and also uh, youth unemployment. And from that, I think one led to the other. When I came back uh, to Luxembourg, I thought before I start working for 40 years, I would do one last project. Then I uh, chose to do a European voluntary service. And I left for Belgrade uh, in Serbia to, to uh, work for an NGO, the local media education center, where we focused on uh, the development of uh, women's rights uh, from Yugoslavia, ex-Yugoslavia to the modern Serbian days. And we did interviews with women, artists, writers, sports uh, women, uh, a bit from all areas. And then I came back to Luxembourg applied for my first job, which happened to be a big four company. And also there, Luxembourg being a very cosmopolitan uh, country, um, I already worked with loads of different nationalities. I joined the clients and markets team, which was at the beginning more focused on marketing and business development and in the midterm around. We also started with the communication advisory. So this also added up to my tasks and that at some point I decided that it would be good also to have the perspective of a communication agency and then applied uh, for the job mm. where I worked for many different clients and at some point I got interested in city marketing and then I ended up at the city of Luxembourg. <laughs> wow, there you go. It's funny how when you kind of yeah. look back on it all and you piece it all together, yeah. Yeah. you know, in, in those reflections, sometimes you can see like the direct influences of this experience yeah. that perhaps at that time was non-work related, but, you know, you mm -hmm. string a few of those things together and somehow, some way they've yes. guided you down this path that's somewhat yeah. now looking back on it, you'd say, well, there's a direct mm -hmm. connection there, but yeah, that's interesting when you were starting out, was this an area, like these are obviously issues that you had an interest in in the first place when you were going on some of these international endeavors and, you know, the human rights issues and, and the NGOs and then work and, and, and that type of thing. You had initial interest there and then it just sort of built off of that, would you say? Yes, I would say because I didn't have a very concrete career plan when I was finishing school. So I took the, the first opportunity, which led to another opportunity, which led to another opportunity. So it was really also the coincidence of meeting several people, uh, exchanging with them, and then gaining new interest in different topics, but also in different aspects of the marketing and communications uh, field. So it was really a lot of coincidences that led to my current, uh, current yeah. position. And it's still something in a lot of fields of my life that is ongoing and I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like those types of travel experiences again, and, and the impacts that they can have on people just in terms mm -hmm. of life and living, you're exposed to new ideas. You know, sometimes people think of just traveling as like a bit of a selfish endeavor where you're just going out to please yourself and relax and, you know, sit on a beach or something like that. And sure. I mean, that can be the meaning for a lot of people, 
but other times too, like you attach yourself to different projects while you are traveling abroad. And again, it's just this exposure yes. to ideas and people and everything else. And then slowly over time, you know, if your eyes are open wide enough, it can begin to, to expose, you know, sort of new pathways forward for, for people. And it seems like that was the case perhaps for you. So yeah, no, thanks for sharing a little bit about that backstory. I think it's really interesting. I'm sure listeners will appreciate that too. <laughs> I do have another question here. And again, in prepping for this talk, there's something off the bio that I read and I'd like to kind of revisit that. So I'm just going to go over that one more time and then I'll ask you to, to comment on this. So it's noted that you know, your job as a marketing communication specialist requires a certain knowledge and skill and always knowing you know, how to adapt uh, to the nature and sensitivity of topics and projects. And you also know, you know the importance of communicating facts, the inclusion, uh, fostering a mutual respect, as well as community engagement. Those are really important roles within the type of work that you do. Maybe you can speak a little bit more about those points and you know, explain what they mean to you and what their significance is, I guess. Sure, sure. I think as a communication advisor, you really also have to know the industries and the sectors your clients are working in. For every experience that I had, actually, this is true. And also to understand the developments, you have to be to be able to process information and transform it uh, in an understandable and digest way uh, to your customers. Because as we mentioned before, we have many different nationalities. So for many people, English or French is just a mean to communicate, but it's not their mother tongue. So you really have to understand what you are communicating in order to make it through everyone. So also understand people's behaviors, um, what channels do they use, what information are they looking for on the website, for instance, or other different channels. So it's really a whole process of understanding, processing, transforming, and then doing your actual job of informing uh, people out there it asks for a lot of uh, different stages of the project uh, in order to uh, to fulfill your mission mm, certainly i'd imagine as well that you know and you just explaining all of that like your team as well like within your agency is that you know multicultural as well i would assume it would have to be to a certain degree to kind of fully understand and grasp some of the you know different types of people or you know, ethnicities, I suppose, and cultural groups that you're trying to reach and effectively communicate with. In Luxembourg, it's uh, really common to go abroad to study. So most of us, or almost all of us, have studied abroad. We got to know different cultures. We have uh, some people also from different nationalities. So we have a lot of people who actually lived abroad and know also the cultural uh, the cultural differences uh, people understand yeah. the cultural differences so we also know how to to approach uh, different target groups so yeah mm. yeah well, i'm return to the word that you actually brought up which is dynamic you know to describe all of this and it sounds like you know, not only the job being dynamic, but I guess like the skills and, and whatnot that you and your team would have to, to have and be able to employ. And that word yes. would seem to be uh, quite fitting. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I was just thinking as well, like when you'd mentioned all the different marketing channels, this mm -hmm. program is being produced out of Japan and 
can see the differences here oftentimes just like platform choices and the tone Mm -hmm. or tonality of you know how you're trying to reach you know different segments within the population here that's just within the Japanese population and of course you have you know foreigners living here too and it's completely different in that in that sense also so yeah with the the amount that you would have in in that market (laughs) much much more I can only imagine uh, the degree of difficulty at times but but also I suppose a lot of the rewarding uh, elements to it too when you can effectively uh, you know communicate what you're trying to do so I guess in relation to this previous question what has been you know your greatest challenge in devising these communication strategies for the city population mainly comprised of foreigners or people coming in and out that aren't actually from Luxembourg? I think the biggest challenge always remains language. For instance, my mother tongue is Luxembourgish, but administration works are done German and French. But as you stated before, in the city, uh, in Luxembourg city, there are around 71% of uh, internationals. So, and in the country we have, last time I checked, we were around uh, 180 different nationalities. So with this coming all together, it's quite a challenge, but a positive challenge. It's really a great exchange because we have so many people from so many different countries. So people bring also so much knowledge and experience on the table actually and for different uh, mobility projects we also have these participatory uh, meetings where people share experiences from abroad and this is also very rewarding to having these exchanges but when you are communicating just to give an example on a screen in a bus where you have (laughs) not so much space you have to make choices in which language are you going to communicate you have the local population, you have people who are not so strong in English still, which you also have to, to adapt for. And you cannot produce everything in five languages. So that's really a challenge, but a positive challenge. So we, we always find the best possible way to reach everyone. And also with digital challenges and um, digital um, tools, you can now... With the channels, you can communicate in different languages. Some of them allow to simultaneously uh, publish in different languages. So this is something that makes our life also easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. Yeah, at times technology can be that that aspect where it's you know frustrations for sure, mm-hmm. no doubt. But then other times, and it sounds like in your line of work, almost a savior. And even if it's not a hundred percent or perfect, maybe all of the time. If it's effective enough to, you know, to get across key message, yeah. key communication, uh, you know, notes, uh, it must be uh, serving the needs well. We've got another question here within the segment. And I guess in terms of all of this work that you have done, I'm sure listeners would be interested in this too. Like how has all of this manifested itself for you personally? There are certain challenges in what you do and you've spoken mm-hmm. to those just now. And then also there are some certain rewards to it too of, when you're doing this job really well, like how does this all add up for you on say like a daily basis, perhaps like how are you feeling, but even like a bird's eye view when you're kind of able to step back from it all and just sort of evaluate, you know, where, where you're at with it. How does it, uh, how does it make you feel? I guess. It's very challenging, but it's also, as you said, very rewarding you with all the experiences I made. I'm never afraid of change because I also 
look for change on a constant level. Open-mindedness would be another aspect because working with so many different cultures, exchanging also in the training courses that I did, you, you stay open-minded. But also when I look at it from a work perspective, you somehow have faith that in the end everything will be okay because as a project manager there are also a lot of things that don't happen as planned but with experience you you also gain a lot of faith that uh, in the end it will be okay and there is always a solution uh, when you have something that was uh, a bit different than you planned it so there would be some of the points that I'd say that on a personal level I always I'm still very curious I could keep up the level from the private sector also in the public sector because I have a lot of different projects and yeah that it's also something uh, which I'm very happy about that there's a lot of the rhythm is high and also that you can see through many different uh, perspectives uh, when working with different people. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I can imagine that. And also too, I think, you know, in terms of what you do, what I'm guessing from an outsider's perspective, it could be really rewarding as well would be the fact that Traditionally, I suppose, within marketing communications, you know, we kind of spoke about this off the top where in a traditional sense, you know, your target market are maybe customers of a product or service and you're trying to, you know, sway or develop people to change their habits for a brand per se. Mm -hmm. But again, in the type of work that you're doing, it's much, much different. You're trying to facilitate and like inform and, you know, seems to me, like make things go as smoothly as possible, you know, especially in the line of work that, you know, you're doing and with these mobility projects and whatnot. So the rewards must be, no, I don't know if this is going to come out the right way, but like, like in, a, in a pure sense, there's something a little bit more meaningful maybe to it when you're, you're seeing the, the labor of your work coming to fruition and people are moving, large groups of people are moving effectively from one part of the city Things aren't getting jammed up and, you know, everyone's lives are going smoothly in in, in that sense (laughs) versus, I guess, maybe if, you know, if you're working for an agency and you had a successful campaign and you convinced a bunch of people to buy product or something like that, it's, it's, it's Uh different, I guess what I'm getting at here. So I'm guessing that also maybe, you know, that, that purity, that element of purity to it all might have something to do with it. Am I on to anything here or am I just reaching? Um, no. It's it's different. I I cannot say that the other work was not rewarding because you you develop a campaign, you set KPIs, and yeah. you have to do the work and the research, and also afterwards analyze data, how it worked, how it performed, and you learn a lot also from these uh, projects. Yeah. But it it depends. It really depends on the fields, on the industries you're working in. Because when I was working at the big four company, for instance, uh, it was for the non-financial industries. So we also had a lot of clients that were in the public sector or in the industry, which we still have a little bit of in Luxembourg. So it's also very rewarding, but the current projects or the projects from the last five years, of course, when you have a big network change and you get positive feedback and uh, you see that also, I imagine you you know the fact that Luxembourg was the first country uh, which uh, where public transportation is free. So 
from that perspective, also changing the network to, to make it as efficient as possible to get people on board uh, to use public trans transportation. And when you see that things are moving forward and people are also happy with the new changes that you add to the bus network so and you can communicate it and this is also very rewarding of course i also work on other subjects um, for the city not only mobility there are also a lot of youth projects that i'm uh, accompanying the department with and it's it's nice to see what products, I also say products, but what projects you have in the end and how you also involve people in the city life, but also not from an events perspective, but really the, the life in the city. That's also very, very interesting to, to see evolution and to see also the perspective where you can go to. Yeah, yeah. How you can affect it in a positive manner, and uh, yeah, just had an idea spring to my spring in my mind right now. I mean, with a lot that's going on in terms of like climate change and climate awareness, and like I'm sure issues mm -hmm. such as that are always you know, on the table, and they're always being discussed in different manners as well. But mm -hmm. you know, if you can bring forward projects or ideas that are affecting change in a positive way, in that sense too, I mean, there's got to be a degree of reward attached to all of that too. So. It sounds like such a, again, I'm going to use that word again, dynamic. There's just so many different things that are going on and uh, really unique. Well, I do want to shift on over into another segment here, Shaila, something called a water cooler story. And as my listeners know, it's basically just a segment where I ask the guests to indulge listeners with a story somehow related to their work. So I'm really excited to hear what you have for us today. I was thinking about about uh, my work recently and I with a colleague we were discussing that it's quite funny because when we are traveling we are also always sending uh, pictures of communication tools uh, around bus stops that we see in foreign countries so now it's it's really an occupational hazard when I'm moving abroad uh, landing at the airport just checking uh, how I get to my hotel or to friends that I'm visiting uh, I already see the the different types of communication uh, <laughs> channels they use, and it's it's just I I cannot not do it because uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> when you uh, walk around and you see sometimes you also when I went back to Belgrade I saw these screens uh, on the bus stops where you could get lots of information. I took a picture, I sent it to my colleague and I said, when are this we going idea. to get these? Oh, we do this. <laughs> yes. Get a picture with it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So the this secret is life. Basically of, uh... what happens when you are thinking and brainstorming about clients information all the time <laughs> yeah 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 well I think that's natural I, you know like I think a lot of people yeah. probably you know do these types of things but may, maybe none yeah. of them are as brave as you to maybe admit that but I think it's really <laughs> <laughs> really insightful well uh, you know with that in mind are there any particular places like any cities or, or countries that are just doing it right that you know that were impressive to you <laughs> Um, I think that from what I've seen, our neighboring countries, we, we are in a good flow. I think we, we have already uh, made a lot of progress uh, in recent years. There are many projects already on the table to improve, to, to become even more digital. Um, yeah. I, 
interestingly enough, uh, when I last went to, to Belgrade, it was three years ago, I uh, found that they also did a lot of work within the last 10 years concerning uh, client information at bus stops. That was very interesting. But uh, also in Germany, you you see that, that they have made a lot of progress. But I don't have like one country in mind where I'd say, okay, these are really much more progressive than the rest of us. So it's like small examples when like the the screens on the bus stop when I went uh, to Belgrade, but then you have the the bus uh, plans also that I saw in Germany and that we now also have. It was a different, uh, it was at the same time when we uh, did the project and then I traveled abroad and I saw, okay, all other countries uh, do the same things. It's like everyone is catching up uh, <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. the most of, uh, of client information. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. It certainly makes sense. I mean, that's how any type of progress is made, right? It's always like these little increments mm-hmm. and taking an idea here and then yeah. transforming it to fit, you know, the needs of you know, your market per se. So yeah, it makes sense. No, I like that. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. We are whipping through all of this, uh, to be honest, Alan, we're into the last segment already. It's something called a crystal ball segment, as the name implies, we're, you know, looking towards the future trends, predictions, so on and so forth. And I'd like to kind of look at marketing communication strategies as far as how it's developing, you know, moving forward. Maybe certain things like the influence of technology, we briefly spoke about that already, what role that's playing, you know, maybe some of the different channels or social platforms that are being used to, to help reach or spread awareness of different campaigns that, uh, that you're currently running. Maybe you could speak to that if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I think that technology has influenced marketing communications a lot in recent years with the appearance of social media and newsletters and the development of websites. I mean, there there have been loads of uh, different uh, digital tools that added up to the more classic uh, or traditional uh, channels, printing uh, support uh, or other stuff that uh, was more street marketing. So I think that it's constantly developing and it really helps marketers to communicate well uh, with the target audience. But it's not only the channels. When you when you do campaigns, you really have this cross-channel approach where you time when you are going to uh, send out what message. But it's also, it helps you afterwards when you do the analysis of the campaigns. I think the big revelation of it all was uh, that now we have insights to data that you didn't have 10 years or 20 years ago because now through social media you instantly see if your post is performing well or it is not and um, when you post regularly you see which topics are more of interest on what platform and then you can adapt and a few years back you didn't have such concrete data than you have now so this is really an advantage of modern times. Yeah, no doubt. A quick question on that, a follow-up. You know, traditionally, before the whole digital sort of revolution, you'd have, I guess, just like you said, like print-based signs that were providing information. Yeah. And now with digital, of course, you can be changing messaging rather quickly, perhaps. 
Have you, like in some of the projects that you've been running, have you been starting to, I don't know, create ways for people to interact? I mean, instead of just one-way communication, making it two-way at times where you're asking for feedback, maybe it's via QR or some other means, and you're, you're, you're creating more community, I suppose, through some of these platforms and some of your, I guess, initiatives? For some projects we have, we have like a form where you can uh, just send your feedback. You have dedicated email addresses where you can get in touch with the different departments. We have not like an instant chat where someone is around 24-7, but we have a lot of channels where people can also get to us. And also with meetings that we are regularly organizing to get in touch with the population, it's also a more personal way, I'd say, that we go from one uh, area in the city to the other to really exchange with, uh, I mean, it, the officials are also present and experts from the different project teams, depending on the fields that uh, the projects are in. And you can really exchange on the spot with the different experts and officials. Mm-hmm. And also through our channels, uh, people can reach out. They always get an answer. Um, so as the country is really small, we also have uh, small um, small ways to to get the answers and then get back to to the citizens. For example, yeah. would you have like I don't know if it's a social platform such as Twitter or something along those lines? Would you have like a handle for the city, basically, where people can interact that way, or is it more just like emailing in or something of that that nature? Also through the platforms. I mean, it's uh, you can email, but you also can reach out through the social network, and people, the the teams will get back. Hmm. It fascinates me in the sense of like just thinking back, even ten years ago, fifteen years ago, like just the drastic differences of how we communicate with one another, how cities, governments, yes. how everything is just is changing just so rapidly. So I mean, that's one tiny little example there, but. In light of all of that, what personally excites you about this field and what you're doing moving forward? Is there anything that, uh, that you know, specifically you're excited to see develop further? Maybe it is this aspect of technology or maybe it's something completely different. I'd say that it's the fast-paced environment that is really exciting because there are so many different channels popping up and uh, you, you always have to adapt. What excites me most is really the exchange with customers or with citizens. It's this. I think you really have to to like human beings to do that job because it's it's mostly about also the people. It's sure also about the product, but it's also about the people, about how a product makes them feel, an experience. I mean, it depends on the fields that you're working in, but. Generally speaking, uh, when it comes to marketing communications, what excites me most is to understand how emotions work, how the human brain works, because all these aspects also play when you talk uh, marketing communications, because there are so many businesses that are having a great product and uh, which are doing a great job. But in the end, it's also the whole approach of the communication that somehow makes if something works out or it doesn't work out. So it's always a challenge because it's not like in mathematics when you add 
two things, you know what the result will get. But here, you it's not a, an exact science. So you always have to try and you always have to do the research to understand and to adapt quickly to new situations because something that worked a year ago might not work anymore because the channels you use are not targeting the audience you actually want to reach. So you cannot just sit and uh, say, okay, I've seen that before and I will just apply it to the next story. So it's constantly evolving. And uh, yeah, it's also the pace that you, it's somehow many people are happy when they have security, but I find this aspect that you can never be sure if it's really going to work, that also excites me and that mm. also pushes me to do a good job because yeah. you have to take so many different things into account to make it work in the end. So it never gets boring. Yeah, no, well said. It's interesting you say that. I just had a, a guest on not too long ago and we were speaking about this and she's in a completely different field altogether. Yeah. She consults within the motion picture industry and uh, she's trying to push forward the agenda of you know production habits and, and uh, processes basically that are developed on the back of sort of like this eco-sustainability movement. And one of her biggest things that she said was that in terms of trying to advance that agenda, she's using part of her undergrad degree, which is in uh, psychology. And mm -hmm. you know, some of the barriers of presenting these types of ideas, that's a major shift within an industry like that and trying to break down those barriers. And it becomes a psychological element, you know, and it's kind of what you were just alluding to is one aspect of your job where it keeps it fresh and interesting. It's not like mathematics, as you mm -hmm. said. <laughs> um, you have that human element built in there, which is yeah. a certain degree of unpredictability, but through patience, I suppose, and, and hard work and persistence and applying some of these ways of thought and thinking, you can find workarounds or, or ways through it and uh, to, to, to help advance your own cause. So I really like that, that insight that you provided there as, as it fits with your job. Well, I must say, Shaila, it's been a really interesting talk and we've just flown through it. I could ask several other questions probably, but <laughs> we'll probably be here all night. So uh, I do want to thank you immensely for taking some time and joining the show. Thank you for having me. For those interested in learning more about Shaila and her work, you can find and connect with her on LinkedIn. And then you can also head on over to the website. We'll have full breakdown of the episode there. And also to YouTube, we do have a channel in which we'll have a slideshow associated with the actual program, some imagery there that you might like. And, and if you like today's show, please be sure to share. It goes a long ways. I think it's great when we kind of learn a little bit more about one another, some of the joys, the stresses, the pressures of these jobs. It kind of breaks down these barriers and uh, reduces that sort of tribalism. Also too, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcasts. That stuff does help and it does go a long ways. And then finally, please don't forget to tune into the next episode of Life as a, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living. <laughs>